Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. It's another edition of Growing in Grace. Indeed, as uh, she just said there, this, this, this is Growing in Grace. <laughs> and it's a new week here. Uh, we're celebrating the life of Jesus Christ who lives in us. He's not just some teacher that lived a long time ago and, and had some teachings that we need to follow. Yeah, it's wonderful to know what Jesus said and how it applies to us, or some a lot of times how it doesn't apply to us. But we don't live this life, Cap, by the teachings of Jesus, but rather we live this life by the very life of Jesus Christ who has come to indwell us. And so we're celebrating that this and every week right here on Growing in Grace. How's Cap? today. Well, good, Joel. You know, there's the old bumper sticker. We've seen it before. Maybe I think there's even websites out there like this, but Jesus said it. I believe it. And that settles it. And the problem there is that most people have no idea what Jesus said, who he was speaking to, or you know, don't even take into account of when he said it. So a lot of what Jesus said, most of us, a lot of times, have no idea exactly really what he was talking about. So it's, it's, it's a good bumper sticker, but it, it's gibberish, to be honest with you. So mm-hmm. the red letter edition, a lot of it doesn't apply to us under the new covenant. Blasphemy! Was, yeah, well, <laughs> we should say, because we're, we're sort of, I feel like a regular pastor here, but we're kind of doing a series right now. <laughs> uh, if I can use that word series, as a Cubs fan, that's a tough word for us to use, the word series, but that's another, that's another story for another program. I could bring the Cubs and the gospel together if I really wanted to, but I can connect any dot in the scripture that you want me to, but uh, seriously. A lot of what is communicated in the red letter words of Jesus are not for us under the new covenant. And what I was trying to say was, go back and listen to our program from last week, because we kind of laid some groundwork and a foundation of where we were coming from here. And I know some people will interpret us as, as sometimes we are misunderstood. Some of what we're going to say here, you're going to uh, jump to the wrong conclusion that we're suggesting much of what Jesus said wasn't important. We're not saying that. We're just saying that a lot of what he said is being taken out of context and misunderstood and, uh, and applied to the gospel in ways that aren't accurate. You know, a lot of people hear us talk about how we're no longer under the law and that sort of thing, and they jump to the conclusion wrongly that we're out telling people, yeah, you can just do anything you want whenever you want and all that sort of thing. We're not encouraging people to do that. We're just trying to rightly divide the scriptures here so that you and I can walk in freedom and enjoy the life that now abides in us, the very life of Christ, and understand that we have been separated, Jew and Gentile, separated from the old covenant law that brought death and increased sin, believe it or not. That's another thing a lot of people don't realize is that the the, the law was given to to increase sin, uh, not decrease it. But those are things that we're, we're trying to get into here. But going back to the Sermon on the Mount with Jesus, talking to the Jewish people, telling them that, look, your righteousness is going to have to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. But look at this from the perspective of Jesus, who was born of a woman under the law, speaking to people who were also at that time still under the law, Jesus was about to reveal through his teaching 
what the law really demanded. So he said, you would have to, your righteousness will have to exceed that of the Pharisees, which was hard for those people to swallow. But that's what he started out with, because they just thought that the Pharisees were about as high up on the ladder as you could get when it came to achieving righteousness. He starts out speaking about some things that we, under a New Covenant Christianity, in this religious Western civilized world in which we live in during this day and age, we assume Jesus is teaching something new here, and it's really not. It's just a, a revealed teaching of something old. And that's the thing, that it's uh, the law had been given many, many years beforehand, and when Jesus is talking here, the people know very well the law, having been part of the Jewish community for thousands of years. But there was something that you know, some of the things that Jesus said, he revealed that the standard of God was really a whole lot heftier than what they really imagined. You know, Jesus would say something like, you know, you have heard that you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you, if you look on somebody with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. And that would be something that makes a person go, hmm, wow, that person might not have committed the physical act, but yet... Everybody, I mean, who hasn't looked at somebody with lust, and they're thinking, wow, I mean, how far short do I fall of this perfect standard of God in just that one thing? And then there were so many more things that Jesus said. And so what he was doing was, you know, Cap, you had talked about that the sin increased through the law. That's Romans 5.20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound or increase, depending on which version you read. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. But a lot of people don't realize that, that that was the purpose of the law. The law entered that the offense or sin might increase. In 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 9, Paul talks about the law as the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation. That was the purpose of the law. That's what it did. And so when Jesus is talking here in the Sermon on the Mount, he is showing the people exactly what the purpose of the law was without saying it, without saying, well, here is the purpose of the law. But he's just saying things, one thing after another, to these people who are under the law to show them that it's the ministry of death, the ministry of condemnation. There's nobody who can keep this holy standard of God, hopefully with the intent of them saying, I just can't do it. And then the purpose would be to turn to grace. Now, Jesus didn't say it all that way, but when he put the pieces together, when he put the scriptures together, you see, wow, this whole thing that God laid out with Jesus coming as a man and teaching all these things and then dying on the cross and going into the grave and rising again, it all makes a whole lot more sense when he put all these pieces together. He came to fulfill the law. That's what was needed. He was the Lamb of God. He was the perfect sacrifice. He, he was spotless, without blemish, and you know where the blood of animals could not take away our sin, his would. But So he, he was the fulfillment of all of that. But he went through a list of things on the Sermon on the Mount, one right after the other is what you were talking about here, Joel, and some of it was like, whoa, you're kidding me. Uh, you've heard it said that you shall not commit adultery, but I, I say to you, if, if you look at somebody with the wrong intent in your heart, that is the equivalent of committing adultery. So Jesus even got into the thought life of people and, and listed so many things that where people just had to be wondering, how can anybody possibly do this? And that's all Jesus was really looking for. He was just looking for somebody who would say, 
I can't do this. I, I, I can't do this. And that's what the law was meant to do for people. And, but yeah, there's so many specifics that we could get into here. Uh, remember, Jesus said, so you shall be perfect. He kind of summed up the entire teaching in one verse where he said, therefore, you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Well, can I see a show of hands on anybody who's <laughs> achieved that yet? Uh, exactly. <laughs> and, so, and then uh, shortly after that, but he makes this statement too, just plucking a verse out here, Joel. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. Does that sound like a nice new covenant teaching, a new way to, to try and motivate people to do what's right? Jesus said, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For what? For this is the law and the prophets. So you can see where Jesus is teaching, not something new. He's teaching old covenant law and you know the prophets and the Psalms, like what we talked about last week. This is just your basic ABC follow the law stuff here. This isn't anything revolutionary for new covenant people. He said, you know, if you want people to treat you right, treat them right. That, the law and the prophets are wrapped up into all that. Mm-hmm. But nobody was able to do it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'd say that Jesus was going so far as to take the law and kind of put a magnifying glass on it, showing the people this is really the depths of what the law really means, because I think it's true today just as much as it was back then for people who think that they keep the law, people who think that they're doing a good job. I just think that people don't really put much thought, they don't really think a whole lot about what it really means to say that they keep the law, or that they are living within a certain standard that God is pleased with. I think people don't really think about that, and and if you read through the Sermon on the Mount, so many things come out from what Jesus said that really would make a person think. You know, just the whole thing about if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. For it's more profitable for you that one of your body members perishes than for your whole body to be cast in hell. I think people just kind of skim right over that stuff, not really seeing how deep and far and wide that standard of God is. Then, of course, on the other side of that, how wonderful it is that his grace provided a way for us so that even though his standard is so high and perfect, and we can't reach that standard of perfection, that he provided the way for us, not through the law, but through grace, through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ, uh, for us to reach that standard of perfection through nothing we've done, but through that one finished sacrifice of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, we can pull out a lot of things here. Jesus said this, Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Wow, you're going to live by that one? Anybody who comes to you wants to borrow something from you, uh, you got to give it to them, according to the law. Something else I think is kind of interesting with the the Lord's Prayer. In context, Joel, it's it's an old covenant prayer, not a new one. The thing that cracks me up about this is right before Jesus gave what we know as the Lord's Prayer, he said, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Vain repetitions. What do we do with the Lord's Prayer? (laughs) Every single week. (laughs) We just repeat it over and over all the time again, and and it's not even a new covenant prayer. So a lot of things to point out here. That's not to say that everything that Jesus said was designed as old covenant teaching. But we are trying to lay a foundation here on much of what he taught, especially referring to the the context here of the Sermon on the Mount, 
was trying to show the Jewish people of what was really going to be needed to fulfill the law, which yeah. they could not do, but he eventually did. Right. I think that is good to point out that we're not saying that nothing that Jesus said is important. You know, we're not saying that. We're not saying that nothing that Jesus said means anything to us. Of course it does. Uh, we're just trying to look at it from the perspective that he was looking at it from when he was giving the teachings, when he was saying those words, because a thought has, has occurred to me, you know, if Paul says that we're under grace, that we're not under law, but under grace, well, why didn't Jesus, <laughs> why didn't Jesus just teach grace? <laughs> you know, why didn't he just teach grace all the time? But it goes back to the whole purpose that he came, the reason he came. He had to fulfill the law. He had to perform that ministry, so to speak. He had to do that. It was necessary. As the scriptures had foretold, he had to walk those things out and, and fulfill them. And then, through his sacrificial death and his resurrection, all of the uh, good things of God's grace are freely ours. And so with all we've said in the last, you know, couple of podcasts or so, I know there still might be some confusion for people. You know, why did Jesus teach the things that he taught. You know, why did he have this law ministry? What are some examples? Uh, we'll give a couple of examples next week, talking about Jesus ministering to people who were under the law, you know, ministering the law to those who were under the law, and of course, why it's important that we understand all of that. So that's coming up next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.